He thought that they were going up to the Capitol, and when Bobby Head relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it, it's not secure, we're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not. That was the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson who worked in Mark Meadows' office. He was chief of staff to President Trump. And in a series of conversations that took place yesterday in the uh, surprise or emergency meeting of, of the January 6th committee, they had to get this, this witness out to the American people. She engaged in a tremendous amount of hearsay. She did engage in something she said she saw firsthand. But we have Secret Service agents, according to NBC and ABC, that say they will testify under oath that what she just described, uh, President Trump in the limo trying to grab the steering wheel and head to the Capitol after his speech on January 6th never happened. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. But I think the, 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 the question is, uh, how does this get perceived? Because those of us who are not lawyers and not legally trained, we can say that if you're saying somebody else said it in any court situation or court setting, this would be described as hearsay. But this is the January 6th committee and none of that matters. Yet people are reporting it like it's fact. Leland Vittert joins us right now from News Nation, newsnationnow.com. You catch him Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock, formerly with Fox News, where he spent time uh, in uh, the Mideast, in Israel, reporting from there. And so he has played both sides of the tracks, the journalist side and the work he does now, which has uh, a plenty of commentary in it. So I want to start with a basic, because you have a, a point of view that, that a lot of people don't have, playing uh, both sides there. As a journalist, someone who now does commentary, what is your take on her, on Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony yesterday? Well, I, I would, I would like to think I'm still a journalist who tries to 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 give a perspective based on uh, experience of what we're really seeing. Um, that still that, that isn't really opinion. Then, then I'll say it this way, from- just for just for a moment of clarity, uh, what you do now, I've seen you be a little more open in 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 the things i i, I think that the things yeah, you were fair, doing prior fair, was fair, fair, much fair more enough. on the I straight like, journalism like you do have a little more wiggle room in this on both sides we'll we'll, we'll leave my job description for another conversation because what you brought up is an important point this is the problem for the january 6th committee which is that they thought they had the dog by the tail. They thought they had the lion, I shouldn't say the dog, the lion by the tail, right? Which was Cassidy Hutchins uh, talking about this moment where President Trump acted in a way that was beyond even sort of the imagination that we all had of him, uh, that really did sort of shock the conscious, right? Grabbing a steering wheel of the Secret Service vehicle, assaulting a Secret Service agent, the head of his detail, putting 
his hands on him. I mean, there were the, the, these things oh, totally changed the conversation. And as a, a good friend of mine and one of the best reporters I know used to say about salacious details, important if true. And the problem for the January 6th committee is they have access to because they these secret service agents, uh, the chief of his detail, uh, Bobby Engel, and then uh, Arado, who is the uh, head of White House, op- was the head of White House operations, who Cassidy allegedly heard this story from. And as far as we know, uh, based on what we've heard from the Secret Service, neither of those two men relayed this situation to the January 6th committee. And instead, the January 6th committee put on a uh, put on and in front of that on national television, somebody with no firsthand knowledge uh, and did not show the American people, the people who did have firsthand knowledge, which creates a real conundrum. And, And for the committee itself, boy, you thought you were heading into the July 4th holiday on this big high note that you've just exposed this huge thing. Everybody on the picnic, July 4th picnic is going to be talking about the shocking revelation. Instead, you're talking about shocking incompetence of not just basic fact checking and asking the people who were there. Now, the person you're talking about, uh, the former deputy chief of staff for operations, Tony Arnato, he's he's now on record saying he didn't brief the January 6th committee uh, uh, witness, Cassidy Hutchinson, on, on, on that allegation. Like, he's saying he right. didn't even say it at, at all. But your point uh, goes to this, this hearsay that they didn't vet any part of this, which would lead me, outsider looking in, an American like everybody else, to believe that they didn't care if that's the case. So now this this information gets dropped and we see reporters and others quote it as factual, which I argue is remarkably irresponsible. Right. It, 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 it would appear as though report, reporters have completely, and, and look, we, we saw this and you and I talked about this from the day Trump announced his candidacy, is that for some reason, when it comes to issues with Donald Trump, a great number of reporters lose any and all objectivity. They lose any and all uh, professional standards. They lose any and all basic journalistic practice, which is, okay, thank you for telling me this. Now prove to me that this is true. And, and until you do, I am going to be skeptical of it. But if, if there is a salacious detail about President Trump, everyone just can't wait to believe it. Talking to Leland Vittert of News Nation Now, NewsNationNow.com, uh, on balance with Leland Vittert every single Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Uh, the, the idea that January 6th, and this this committee is going to affect elections, uh, that this is a rallying point, that this proves Trump X, Y, and Z. The only thing I would argue that it proves is that if you tell me uh, Trump had a temper, I'll believe you. If you tell me that Trump was was obstinate, I'll believe you. If you tell me that Trump uh, wanted uh, said something that you thought may have thought was disgusting, I'll totally believe you because we have a history of all of those things. Uh, but none of this is, it goes down this incitement road. Wasn't the committee supposed to be bringing us the conversation of proving that Trump incited an insurrection because everything that they have shown in the, in the primetime address and others, 
They seem to have given up the ghost on that. Is anyone thinking that January 6th moves the needle come Election Day in November? That's a good question. And I think what you're seeing is a reminder to not hardcore Trump voters, but Trump skeptical voters of just how crazy life was with Trump, right? And reasonable people can hold two thoughts. One is that he did not incite the crowd to go storm the Capitol. And at the same time, he very clearly tried to remain in office with knowledge, because his attorney general told him so, among others, that he lost the election. That's bad. And a lot of people have forgotten that in how bad life is under Joe Biden. So the, and you point out rightly, this is a political uh, op, uh, political opportunity. This is a political moment. This is a political operation by the January 6th committee to remind the Trump skeptical voters of, hey, that was really crazy back then. And that's what and that's what you're seeing. Um, I, I am un unclear as to what the January 6th committee could provide that would be to the point that Trump, real Trump supporters would suddenly go, okay, I've had enough. Donald Trump was the guy himself who said I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and wouldn't lose a vote. He was right. Um, He was. I'm sorry? He was. He was right about that. Right, exactly. Exactly. So so would you would you break it down to that? This this exercise with the January 6th committee is political theater um, in the same way that that other that other events in history are are political theater. What what is too bad? And I think what Republicans are now realizing and will not say publicly, but how big of an error Kevin McCarthy made um, in trying to bow at the altar of Trump. Right. And uh, and please him by not putting other Republicans on this committee, because obviously you had Jim Jordan and and Banks and everything else. Pelosi wasn't going to seat them. And so McCarthy said, fine, I'm taking my marbles and going home. And no Republican uh, that I you know, that that I have control over is going to be on this committee. But there are a lot of Republicans who could have been on that on that day as yesterday and asked Cassidy Hutchins some really probing questions. And could now be out on the out on the sun out on the talk shows today talking about their interviews with Secret Service agents and all sorts of things. But this is a one sided show trial. And I'm wondering if Republicans aren't now really wishing that they had not um, gone along for no other reason than to try to undermine it. Let me bring it over to one of the other big uh, conversations, and it's going to be a conversation that could have an effect on November, and that's uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, I should put myself on record, as I have before, I don't believe that the overturning has an effect on the midterms in any strong way. That is that is my take. I believe that uh, the the economics of America, the other issues, the baby formula issues, the food shortage issues, the supply chain issues will still reign supreme. Uh, but there's a question to how Democrats have responded to the overturning. And it's the idea that Democrats seem to be shocked in a lot of circles 
that the overturn took place. They can't actually believe the court did it. And there's this almost an argument that they were caught a little bit flat-footed with how they were going to respond. Biden's response uh, that day was an angry one, so much so that he lost his place in reading off the teleprompter and had to cool himself uh, uh, down. Was the party caught flat-footed in realizing that even with the leak, the court could actually overturn Roe v. Wade and they had no plan of action to implement to try and utilize this to uh, maybe election victories in November with all the levels of messaging going on, whether it be from the White House, whether it be from Ocasio-Cortez, whether it be from other Democrats or the Democratic Party in Toto? Boy, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I try. The the I'll just... I'll try to I'll try to hit the easiest pitch that I can find out of out of all of those thoughts, which is just look at the the difference in messaging from AOC and Elizabeth Warren. We need to have abortion clinics in Yellowstone. Okay, it is basically their idea. Okay, we we want we want the administration, the administrative state, to try and usurp the will of the states and have abortion clinics in every federal building. It it, it it's actually kind of like kind of wild to the point that even the administration is saying this creates serious constitutional issues this creates serious problems please stop on the other hand you've got mainstream democrats i'm thinking about tim ryan who's running for senate in ohio i'm thinking about fetterman in uh pennsylvania i'm thinking about joe biden himself i'm thinking about kamala harris who all to a t said this is about voting in november Vote, 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 vote. This is this is how you change things as you vote, 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 vote. And you're right. Democrats were surprised, but shouldn't have been. Republicans have been saying they're going to do this for 40 years. And I'll bring this full circle back to January 6th. You think about how much America has changed in the past week. Two big religious freedom cases. Concealed carry, now essentially a constitutional right. The overturning of Roe. We're going to get the EPA case, which almost certainly will roll back huge parts of the administrative state um, from uh, being able to regulate uh, unilaterally and pushing it back to Congress. These are enormous conservative victories. So if you are that Trump skeptical voter who's pretty happy about all of these things, okay, does the January 6th committee uh, in their findings and, and potentially to your point, the issue of Roe change your mind? Do you all of a sudden say, okay, uh, I like all this, but I really hate January 6th. I really hate the overturning of Roe. I'm going to now vote Democratic. I, I don't know. There's, there's anecdotal evidence both ways, um, and I've seen polling both ways. So this is why we have elections. His name is Leland Vittert. Catch him at News Nation every Monday through Friday at uh, 7 uh, p.m. By the way, uh, what can we look forward to this evening? We're, we're deep diving on this issue of what the January 6th committee is going to do, because if they're not willing to call these Secret Service and not Secret Service agents, th- these are senior supervisors who, you know, who ran President Trump's detail. And one of them is now the deputy director of the Secret Service, who all said they'll testify under oath. So what do you do if you're the January 6th committee? You've now lost control of the lion. Because you can't have a scripted uh, hearing anymore. You've got to put these guys on the stand and let them testify and tell America what happened. If you do, you've got a, a wild hearing 
unlike what we've had before, which they don't want. And if you don't, I think you're going to even see um, the the big name cable networks and to a certain extent the broadcast networks really question the sincerity of the committee to find the truth, if for no other reason than the person who broke the story that the Secret Service officials were willing to testify under oath that all of this didn't happen was Peter Alexander of NBC News. This wasn't Fox or the Washington Examiner or something like that. So there's some real, real, real big, uh, big questions here. And we also are going to have on Brendan Carr from the uh, FCC on an issue I know you're very passionate about, uh, which is he's now calling for Google and Apple to ban TikTok um, from the app stores because of uh, just how much data the Chinese are scraping from it. Leland Vitter, catch him tonight. Catch him every Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern over there at NewsNation, NewsNationNow.com, On Balance with Leland Vitter. Leland, it's always a pleasure, man. Good to talk to you. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.